Mind Season 2. This is your host, Franz Bowen. Season 2, that's what you said? Yeah. Oh, we doing all right then. Yeah. This is your co-host, Travis Weeks, you know. And we got another ill special guest in the building. Uh, She's very true. Content creator. Uh, director. Absolutely. Filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Just all around uh, wavy individual. I'm taking a photo of her right now as it's, we speak. I'm trying not to look because I kind of <laughs> want to be candid. So I'm just like staring at the mic up. <laughs> trying to my best to look cool. Let's do it. Uh, you ain't even got to try hard. Tanner Spencer, everybody. Yup. Thanks, guys. <laughs> We have God, our own. I get water and claps. <laughs> this is it. This See, y'all ain't know uh, where, right? Y'all ain't know season two. We got our own studio audience, which is uh, me and Franz. Exactly. <laughs> you know so uh, we'll be snapping hey. and clapping. Indeed. Yeah, but um, tennis. Thank you very much for coming to sit down. And speak super to honored us. to have Absolutely. you. Absolutely, I'm super excited to be here. I yeah. love talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so uh, wh- why don't we just uh, jump right in it? Um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from? Yeah, I'm originally from New Jersey. Okay. Jersey girl, born and raised. Jersey. Um, I went to college at American University in D.C. And I graduated and was like, I got to be in, I have to be in New York. Mm. Yeah. Um, it was home in a lot of ways already, you know, kind of being from New Jersey. Um, I just had to figure out by what means I was going to be able to get there. So I started off doing what any recent college grad would do, which is panic. Um, <laughs> and then I, I kind of had a lot of like odd and not, I didn't have a lot of odd end jobs, but I was doing things that I knew weren't my calling basically. Yeah. And then eventually I landed an internship at Complex Magazine nice. and I was writing for the music channel. Um, this was like at the at the peak of their lists mm-hmm. like lists they don't do as many and now they do kind of you know more long form editorial um, but when they were doing those lists that's when I was there and I was I was such an intern I was like getting photos off the internet and cropping and transcribing mm. interviews and mm. having just, to write pieces just grinding it, it out it was really grinding it out and I was traveling two work. hours Mm-hmm. Every, well, four hours total every day to come into the city to go take, you know, to go intern and then having to go back to South Jersey. So mm. I was like, I have to do this. Um, and it was a really solid internship. And I think, you know, like any good internship, you're supposed to learn something. And I think I learned that I didn't want to be a writer. Yeah. But I did love entertainment and I loved music and I loved being in that that world. I knew I loved digital. So I was like, all right, what's next? And then... Um, I happened upon a job at MTV, and I started out as an executive assistant, and I've been there for almost four years now, and it's been really, really exciting. So I basically work on the digital strategies um, for wow. all the all the tentpole events and yeah. the stunts and the specials that MTV does. Basically, all the award shows. We kind of create all those digital strategies for those shows. Oh, wow. um, and outside of that, the, the, the calling that I kind of had was this my, my passion project in, in life, which is which I call McColl, and it's just the, the landing board for anything that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I kind of do it under that moniker, under that brand, and I challenged myself, you know, before moving to the city to be as creative as I could, as often as I could, and so I would just do sort of random projects. And one of the first random projects was to challenge myself to write a screenplay, just because I wanted to do it, not because I planned on turning it into a movie, I just sat on the train for so many hours that, like, I kind of wrote a story. And I was like, okay, I think I could do something like this. 
and Childish Gambino came out with because of the internet, and it just like yeah. I love Childish Gambino. Like I think Donald Glover, whoever you want to call him, I've been a fan of his for many years, and he came out with it, and I just like wrote this entire screenplay, my first one too, kind of to the to the album. Um, and weirdly enough, I think the the main character in the in the film is kind of loosely based off my representation of. Donald Glover or Charles Gambino in some way, okay. or the person he portrays. You know, I don't mm. know. I don't know the man personally. He could be quite normal, right. um, but his his <laughs> mis, his mis <laughs> the, the mystery about him yeah. and and the talent and the you know he's just really really innovative, and I think that takes some weirdness. You have to be weird to be able to do something that's not right. normal. Absolutely. Um, and so I appreciate that about him. But I kind of. Yeah, he, he definitely inspired me. That's interesting. I've been here. I've been talking to a few creatives, and they're saying um, Donald Glover is definitely one of their main inspirations. Yeah, I mean, I've loved his music. I I think I started listening to him when Camp came out. Yeah. Um, I guess I was like, I don't know what year that was. Actually, 2010, 2012, something like that. Oh, wow, it's been a little um, minute ago. And I was just like, he's so weird, and he raps about things that like me and my siblings can relate to like yeah. you know I, I i grew up in the suburbs like mm. i was hanging out with white kids growing up like that's super normal for me yeah. so yeah. i just really related to his music and then you know you see how innovative he is with his music videos and then when he did because the internet he came out with a screenplay that was online it was like 75 pages and it was like if you found it you could read it it was so interesting yeah. Oh, wow. God, See, t- if y'all don't know, Tannis is just one of those um, people that's like those super creative people who like are very intriguing to me because I'm, I think I'm creative, but I ain't that damn creative. Yeah. <laughs> right, Tannis? Like you could tell anything from her Instagram, from her, you know. Uh, I think you also dabbled in DJing as well. Yeah, yeah. From she a step, one of the events one time. Absolutely, I did back yeah. in the day. I, I remember did that. Spend. I remember that. Aesthetically, Honestly, I just stopped because I'm such a grandma. I was like, I actually cannot go out and do this every night. <laughs> So no day so parties. I don't like, want to do this anymore. I hear, I hear you. But sonically and aesthetically, uh, Tannis just knows how to put it together from I could tell from your colors, just the design, like that's super dope to me. Did you always know knew you were creative or you just always like what was it when you realized, okay, um, I can see things a little differently? I'm I'm actually that's a really good question. I'm not sure if there was a specific time, but I know I started taking the idea of taste really seriously. Mm. Probably my senior year of college, and I and that was like when um, this was like 2012. So this was at peak like blogs. Like everybody was genuinely blogging, and everybody had a music blog. Um, and like Madberry Club was like crazy popping, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and like you know everyone was like aesthetics. How do we make this look cool? You right, know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I just started paying attention to what I saw on the internet, um, and. I started reading more. I started reading way more books. I got really into art once I moved to the city, and I was like, "How do I, how do I educate myself?" I think creativity and innovation and all that stuff comes from wanting to learn more. Mm. You know, if you know it all, then you're not. There's nothing left for you to create. So I think you constantly have to be teaching yourself something or experiencing something, just internalizing something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a big part of it is just me kind of being curious. Mm. And then once I found once I found the internet, it was like the sky's the limit because I can talk to people from anywhere that know anything about everything. 
Right. And I like that. Like, I know anything about everything. Or no, yeah. that's definitely dope. So in, in terms of that, like, how do you um, handle your transitional periods? Like, because when you're inspired, it could sometimes be an overwhelming experience because you're being pulled in so many different directions. How do you right. decide? All right, this is where I want to focus my energy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a gut feeling. Um, I think me DJing was really pure interest. I was like, I think I could do this. I took my DJing classes. I was like spinning on records and not even using the Serato initially. And I was like, mm. if I'm gonna learn something, if I'm gonna put my interest in something, if I'm gonna do one of these passion projects, I need to immerse myself in the culture. I need to contribute to the culture in, in a way. I can't just say I wanna be a DJ and then not do my due diligence. I can't say I wanna be a filmmaker and not do my due diligence. Mm. I think at the heart of it all, it's always like, how can I contribute to the culture authentically, you know? Mm. Um, and that. so my my interests they just vary. If I don't feel like I can be good at it, I probably won't try. But like I think I have enough um, I have enough passion to, to really kind of try and go after something if I if I think I'll be successful at it. Mm. I actually have a question about it too. I like what you just said. Um, you um you consciously think about contributing to culture. Yeah. Now, um, is that, was that more of something that came to you because you're based in New York City, a cultural city that's moving fast, but you're inspired yeah. constantly? Now, if you were still in the suburbs, still in Jersey, would you still feel like you have that uh, motivation to contribute to culture? And would you still feel like it's even possible to contribute from culture from there? Like, how right. big of that transition to New York was, um, how integral was that to your growth? That's a really good question. I think... I have two answers to that. I think for me personally, being in New York has played such a role in mm. my life as it is now. As an adult, New York has always been this like... Like a supporting cast member. Yeah, in your life. absolutely, <laughs> supporting cast member. So when I did both of my films, New York is the third character in every one of my movies. Like, it plays Word. such an important backdrop. I, I felt that. You know? I absolutely we did, felt that. We did two in Harlem, and I was, you know... I. I had been in Harlem at that point for like two years, and I was like, I love Harlem. How, like, I want Harlem to play a role in this movie. I want us to shoot, you know, buy some brownstones. I want us to, you know, go to the bodega. I want us to, you know, there were just like all these things that I wanted to make sure we kind of captured. And, and New York was just so pivotal to all of that. Now, in terms of New York, being an influence for everything. The reason why I can't just say yes, New York is the influence is because the internet is more of an influence. Like mm -hmm. you could you could live in Montana and follow everybody from New York on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Sit on Twitter all day and, and get know a golf everything that's a, about that's so true. <laughs> Snapchat, you know everything. Right. You'll feel almost like right. Exactly, exactly. And I think because of the internet and because you know, of all the advances that we ha we've made with technology, mm -hmm. your location doesn't hinder you from creating art in any sense. I'm like, I'm, I eagerly want to go someplace that's boring because I'm like, what could I make out there? Like, there's New York has so much. New York has everything. There's so nothing I can't want. So much stimuli. Huh? You know, but like, what what will being on a farm get me? What kind of movie would I write if I was surrounded by farmland? I think yeah, it's just more of a challenge. It's not you know, it's not like it's any worse or it's any better. Yeah, I always want because it's like when Kanye goes away to like Hawaii. 
Right. Or like he's like in the middle of Colorado, like yeah, yeah. making in in the back of my mind, I'm like, what are you right drawing you from? But it's more of I guess more of like an internal experience. Yeah, I point. would say so. I think it's about you know I think writing is cathartic, and I think mm. sometimes solitude helps. And New York is far from solid has far is far from solitude. So I think you know maybe being someplace else could be cool, but. New York, so yes, New York is both influential and sort of, um, I don't know what the right word is for the other half, but anybody can be from New York if you just... I think the word you were looking for is lit. Lit, lit. I believe that's the word. Alex, I'll take a lit for From Webster's... Uh... <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I wanted to, you know, just touch on, um, you know, your, your career now in terms of um, filmmaking. I had the opportunity to check out two of your films. If, mm-hmm. For those who are out there listening, please go on themicole.com and check out the film called Two. Fire. Yeah. Super fire. There. Smooth. I, I really appreciated the the, the themes um, in, in that particular project. Um, could you, you know, just walk us through, you know, a bit of a synopsis and, and what your motivation was behind writing that? For two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, two, um, again, sort of inspired by, by Childish Gambino and the album that he had just come out with, but really, really kind of wanting to write something um, about and for people that looked like me and acted like me. And my black friends travel. My black friends love history. My black friend, you know, they're, they're just such multifaceted people and we mm-hmm. don't see that enough in film. We don't see that enough on stage. We just we don't see it enough mm-hmm. um, in the public domain, um, and so I wanted to write a story about a relatively mellow guy and a and a woman who was full of life and just kind of reminded me of one or me of myself or, or or my girlfriends who are just like yeah listen so I'm heading out to Thailand in a couple of days and I'm like what like you got off of work you know like those are my friends we're like talking about how many vacation days we have left. And I wanted to really explore that black traveler because that's very that's very popular for us right now. It's Absolutely. traveling. It's millennial it's black traveling right, as well. You know, and that's what our generation is doing right now. We're taking advantage of all the work that our ancestors have put in for to that have allowed us to kind of have these opportunities. Um, and so I wanted to write about a girl that liked to travel. <laughs> I mm. like to travel. And I wanted mm. to particularly have a bit of a relationship study between a guy and a girl. That, I wanted to prove mm-hmm. that it was possible for a guy and a girl to have a platonic relationship. Yeah. I, that's was, actually one of the pr- couple of principles. That's probably yeah. the actual big part of the movie. But right. <laughs> it, was, it was very refreshing to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, and but It was refreshing, but first of all, I personally love the movie. And Franz actually, was, he told me specifically, like, yo, you got to watch it. Like, you're going to like that's some things. That's so out funny. There. You know what I mean? But I personally, those those things that were mentioned, um, yeah, definitely the platonic relationship. Because I have homegirls, too, you know what I'm saying? And we'll chill and build just like that, you yeah. know what I mean? And secondly, obviously, um, the setting being New York. Like, I, I, lo- I love days like that, you know what I mean? Where yeah, you're where you're just chilling. Kicking it, chilling. Like, Want to go get some food. Exactly. Like food, like, let's chill. Exactly. You might too. So whatever you like to right. do, you know what exactly. whatever your vice exactly. is, you know what I mean? And... Uh, I, yeah, I just love I love that point of it, and then the travel aspect was um, was dope to me, um, and it is how their relationship was, you know what I mean? Because even their relationship almost 
it was almost, um, I think it's the right word, ambivalent in a sense where you, you could tell they were really close friends, but you could also tell maybe even potentially mm-hmm. there's like something there, right? Like yeah. there's, there's like some type of bond there that maybe potentially could extend beyond friendship, but she has a relationship and they respect that, but they know each other so well, right. you can tell, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I really It's like just that. so funny to like hear you talk about it like this because I'm like... <laughs> it's honestly it's trippy that I'm like I mean yeah that's what I wanted you to get but I'm kind of surprised you got it I still feel that <laughs> way like as a writer as a director I'm like right, right. Oh, right. But how, how'd you get the confidence to even like first of all people have ideas every day you know what I mean and we we um in our network we talk to people you know we were able to provide a platform we talk to people who you know on the verge of executing their ideas but how do you even get the confidence to say you know what fuck it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna put it out there like you got, I'm, I think I'm a big believer in not being afraid to fail. I care very little about trying something and not succeeding. I you know, would prefer to succeed in what I do, but it's not going to hinder me from at least giving it a go. Um, and I think, and funny enough, actually just downstairs we saw Jonathan Jackson from, from uh, Blavity. Shout out to John. And... Um, he was a huge reason why two happened. He's the wow. one that read the script that told me, why haven't you made this a movie? And I was like, Jonathan, <laughs> what do I know about making films? And he was like, you can do it. And then he was like, well, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And he just started kind of spitballing ideas. And I was like, well, shit, I guess I could do it, huh? <laughs> and John's the man. that was it. That was it. And then, you know, we... I don't know, we started talking about something else, and then maybe uh, two weeks later, I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, wow. I found a, a DP where we're shooting next month. And that was that. And then I needed, um, uh, I needed his apartment. We used his apartment for one of the scenes, the last scene in the movie, too. That oh, she sweet. goes to Cali and, you know, whatever, and he lives in Harlem, too. It's a very Harlem movie. Everything yeah. was shot in right. Harlem. Um, so yeah, so John was a was a huge motivator for me to just it was kind of, it was really just him asking the simple question like why can't you do it? And then I thought about it and I was like, well there's really no reason I can't. See? You know? Your friends are key, man. You got to have people around you that are gonna push you to, yeah. you know, to take Absolutely. that extra step, Absolutely. make you uncomfortable. So that's what's up. Absolutely. And then once I love hearing that. once we got finished with two and we got into some film festivals, I was like, okay. I seen that. I talk can about do that. talk about we, matter of fact, before you even go there, I also want to hear about your um your casting process. So just the whole yeah. process period. It was actually cool cool it was a cool process in terms of finding um my, my two leads in the movie. Um Raphael uh plays excuse me. Um What's the guy's name in the movie? I literally Dom? forgot. No, 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 no. Um, Chester. Chester. Well, Dom was the boyfriend. Dom was the boyfriend, yes. Boyfriend. That sounds bad, but yeah. So <laughs> Raphael plays Chester. Um, and I actually met him at the very first Creative Collective event. Creative Collective is a, you know. Shout out so, to the CC and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big it's up. a very cool group out here in the city. Absolutely. Um, and I met him at the very first one. It was literally at Imani's house. I didn't know who he was at the time, but I knew that I wanted to do a movie at that point, but I hadn't started casting or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the party, heard he was an actor. I don't even think I spoke to him while he was there. And then I was on backstage.com. You know, fast forward when I'm ready to start casting and I have the listing up and on the website you can browse through actors. 
And I came across his photo and I was like, I know that guy. I met mm-hmm. him at a house party. So I messaged him on, on backstage and I was like, oh, hey, sweet. so this is super weird, but I met you at Imani's place. Like, I really would love for you to read for this movie that I'm doing. Like, would you mind auditioning? And he was like, sure. Like, I'd love to audition. Send me the sides. Like, let me know when it is and I'll be there. Um, and we probably had about 10 people roll through um, for both roles that day. And Raphael was just like, he was he was awesome. He was he was he was very much who I envisioned this guy being. Nice. Um, and so that worked out perfectly. And then um, the woman in the movie, Mally, um, who plays Ella, I met I got her off of backstage.com as well. She's actually South African. So she has a really, really thick South African accent. Uh. Um, and we kind of like tweaked it here and there. Because the South African accent sort of sounds British sometimes like it doesn't sound I don't know it's it's easy to kind of make it sound like an American accent so we kind of worked on that a little bit and she was fresh out of um she was fresh out of school and we both kind of just took a chance on each other and we were like okay let's do it and then I got most of my cat most of my crew off of Craigslist I found my DP off Craigslist I got my editor off Craigslist I found all of them off Craigslist fire um that's amazing. And, and that was that was me paying them nothing. That was me being like, do you want to make a movie with me? I'll give you food. <laughs> I'll comp your travel. And you'll get credit. Sweet. Do you want to make a movie? Yes or no? <laughs> and can you bring your own equipment? Like, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, like, please. It was a lot of do it for the culture. It was a lot of believe in the vision because I have nothing else to offer you because I was paying for all of this out of pocket. Um, And it's a costly thing to make a little movie. Wow. And it shot so well. Yeah, very well. There are some talented, talented cinematographers out there who are happy to work for free on a project that they think is really good that they can really sink their teeth into. Mm. So the selling point was really the the the, the, uh, screenplay itself. Hmm? The selling point was like really the screenplay itself. Like yeah, that's why that's why anybody kind of buys into into your movie before it's done. You know, they Mm -hmm. have to be able to kind of take what you've written on the page and be like, I could see this visually coming to life. Mm -hmm. And I commend cinematographers because I have a vision in my head. You know but I don't necessarily know all the ways in which to achieve it. Mm. But there are some really talented people out there who have the ability to, to really bring something to life. And to, take, to make something visually appealing and dynamic is not easy. There are some, there's a lot of movies. A lot of them are not shot very well. Mm-hmm. But if you notice yourself ever watching a movie and being like, wow, that was, that was cool how they did that, then you know, you know, like, even as a viewer, you were kind of like, really into what they were doing technically. What was that experience like being, um, you know, at a film festival? Um, It was super, super cool. (laughs) My mom and dad were there. Nice. Um, No, it's real when the parentals come up. I mean, listen, (laughs) I have to give my parents kudos because they're by far the most supportive people in the world. My mom was on set with me every day. That's amazing. She's an actress herself. She owns a theater company in New Jersey. She was on set with me every single day. She did craft services for me for free. Wow. And that, 
I mean, that was a chunk of change, feeding 10 people three times a day for three days. Wow. So she's the real MVP. She's so, so supportive. Her and my dad are just like it's amazing. day one. And shout, eight, out to the, shout out to the good parents out there. Yeah. Shout out to the good parents out there. That's what's up. Oh, no, I was just asking about your overall experience being you, at a film festival. Because of success, you got accepted. Yes, and then I started yeah. talking about my parents. Correct. Um, film festivals are super cool. It's surreal to watch your film in, like, a theater, in a movie theater. I was very much like, this is insane. This is meant to be seen by a few people, and now we're on a movie theater. We're not, you know, now we're in a movie theater. So it, it, it was so exciting. It was so exciting. Very, very humbling. And extremely gratifying. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I think it's okay to, to be like, I deserve that. No, absolutely. I, I think I did a good job. But what kind of um, film do you enjoy? Rom-coms. Really? Those are my favorite, yeah. I love rom-coms. I love documentaries. I would love to shoot a documentary one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I love drama. I mean, dramas are you know my favorite. Rom-droms, rom-coms. Do you have any um, particular like directors or you know filmmakers that you study? Um, I won't. Well, I really, really enjoy Steven Spielberg's films. Obviously, I think Barry Jenkins, who directed Moonlight, is phenomenal. Mm. Um, I, I think most recently I've been inspired by uh, Chinese director Wong Kar Wai, who um, he has a couple films. One of my favorite films that he did is called In the Mood for Love. And I watched that film a couple months ago and was just like completely floored and was just mm-hmm. like, this man is so amazing. And, you know, it was a it was a Chinese film, so it only had English subtitles, but I was completely entranced the whole time. And it's like, it's on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. It's maybe like an hour and a half long. Um, but his film was like really, really inspiring for me. And I just started kind of going over his work and seeing how he got to where he was. Um, I love the Duplass brothers. They're more producers, but I love the Duplass brothers. I love all their work. I love Ava, you know. Duvernay. Um, mm-hmm. I love, um, I don't know, I love a lot of people, but I just, I get so inspired by other people's work and by other people succeeding that I'm always just like trying to consume as much. And I'll go on, you know, YouTube and Vimeo and I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I watch a lot of you just you know daily vloggers and like you know I just I love video content in general and mm. I, I think I can take inspiration from a YouTube video and apply it to a film too I think that's the the beauty of the internet is you can literally see everything take bits and pieces of it and create your own little mm-hmm. true masterpiece. Throughout, throughout this process did it um you know Realizing you could do, realizing you could do one film and then doing another, and now did it give you aspirations? Like did it? Um, yeah, I want to do a feature next. There you go. Did it? Did it open your vision? Like you know what? I can be the next Ryan Coogler or something yeah. like that. Like yeah, did, did, that's exactly. Did what it, it did. shift your 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 um your main life goal in a sense? It did. It definitely did. Um, and I find it helping me at work. You know, in my nine to five job, mm. my passion projects. You know, have be have begun to play a role there because my coworkers and my bosses know that I'm so into film and that I'm good at it. They put me on more projects, oh, wow. you know, around that. So it's like, it's really, really been helpful.
helpful to me both personally and professionally. Amazing. And I think doing, especially finishing up this second film and doing it by myself much more in terms of setup, in terms of pre-production and post-production, handling much more of that on my own instead of enlisting the help of a bunch of people has made me feel like I could absolutely do it. Um, the challenge for myself right now is to, to write a feature film, you know, mm -hmm. like, I, I, again, I just mentioned earlier after interning at Complex, I realized I wasn't a writer, like I can't work on deadlines and things like that, mm -hmm. so my writing process takes literally forever. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to, to begin working on a, on a feature and getting it in, in front of some people that have legitimate money that are ready to contribute to to a young woman's, you know, Absolutely. career. Absolutely. Uh, what kind of stories are you interested in telling um, most pertinently? Like what? I'm interested in talking about relationships. Mm. And relationships vary. Everybody, every person has a relationship. So it kind of means that I talk about anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I really like to develop meaningful relationships between people. Um, so obviously two was about two friends. Curtis was about a brother, was about two brothers. Um, you know, with the relationships kind of being the focus of the story. Um, and so I'm working on a script now where it's about a father and a daughter. Um, those, are, those are the things I like to write, write about. They'd say, they tell you to write about things you know. Right. I could do that, you know. I know people. I know relationships. I can't write a horror movie, you know, but right. I can. I can write a mean drama. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, I, no doubt. I, I think there's uh, that's one of the things I really, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed about watching your your two films is um, is it's not like a. You know, like a paid in full, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like, and Curtis was dope too. We didn't mention like, Curtis. I actually like Curtis yeah. a lot too. But they they really they really they show that complexity. I know you mentioned it before, but it's it, it felt more at home, like you know, it, in the vein of like a Atlanta or like a yeah. insecure or what have you, like where you're seeing these people who look just like you, but mm -hmm. the story's being told by people who are just yeah. like you and not everybody's a thug or trying to sell 50 million right, pounds of, you know right. what I mean? That's, it, but that's, that's a real, that's something that I work towards. That's something that I'm very conscious of. Um, and also because the stories that I write are similar to like ex my own experiences, it's easier, you know? Like mm -hmm. I couldn't write paid in full because I don't know anything about that life, you know? Like it's one of my favorite movies. I literally just watched it like last weekend. Um, like the first time? No, 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 not, the first, oh, okay. not for the first time. Oh, okay, just gotcha. like, you got to relax, traveling. Okay, okay. Can, can, okay, can I live? I was just making sure. I had to confirm. You okay, honey? You see that? You okay, honey? Had to, had to be confirmed. <laughs> no, I love Paid in Full, and I watched it again recently and was just like, this is such a good movie. Like, it was so New York. It was so, so Harlem. It was so... Mm -hmm. It was... Ugh, I loved it. And I watched Crooklyn recently, too, and I was like... Man, oh, this man. is so Brooklyn. It's so black. It made me feel so good to be black. Yeah. I like writing stories that are like, man, look at us. Right, right, you know, right. that are complex, that show the many sides of us 
but that also show us in a positive light that show us trying to uplift each other rather than to, to you know to tear one another down that like you know show that we're educated that show that we have interests outside of whatever very narrow mainstream stereotypical image you know I agree, idea of people have of us i feel like the 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 media has done us a horrible disservice since, the, since its inception, you know, like people complain. I mean, you know, the police killing us is horrible, but they're getting. Though. I think that bit, that shift changed already. Nah, but I'm big. But the, these people are getting those notions from the media. Like when you watch the news and you see black people on the news, it's never anything super positive. Right. Even yeah. when you see them in television shows, it's never anything super positive. So when you're a cop walking a beat or doing whatever, like. In, in the back of your mind, you probably already have your own predisposed notions. Absolutely. But the media has done way more but to, that to point, like, like lynch our uh, image. image. To that point, on the other side, though, I also feel like this time we're flourishing. We got chewing gum, insecure, power. Yeah. A lot of these joints, like, we're, we're flourishing. You we're, know I mean? we're, we're beginning to be what we the should get down. be long ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and all that means is that... We're finally the ones that are able to put our culture where we want it, as opposed exactly. to having other people take our culture and offer us a very watered-down version of what we call reality. Yeah, you know, and so it's fun to be—it's fun to be black and write about what it's like to be black because, oh, I don't know, I just happen to know, I guess. Absolutely, you know? it's like you got to wait for the lifetime to happen. You know, yeah. like a, a good twenty. 30 years for somebody to become an adult and be like, oh, black people are okay. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right, exactly. So we need more things like Atlanta and Insecure and Chewing go. Gum and mm-hmm. Power and And Empire Two and, and Curtis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys too. <laughs> those guys too. We it's need not, It's not stopping though. I think we, yeah. we're now, we're getting to the point where we're supporting, we're supporting, yeah. we're supporting we these, these um, creative features. Um, question for you. Um, what would you say to somebody who has similar aspirations to you, right? And, you know, they're thinking about creating, they feeling that fear. You know, sometimes that fear can be very stifling. Um, and you've been in that in that place probably, you know, somewhat right. before. What would you say to them to, you know, uh, go out and, and make something happen? I, I really don't want to say you just have to do it, but you have to believe in your work right before anybody else is going to believe in it and whether whether good or bad you have to be your biggest cheerleader even if you have no one else and in order to get better you have to put yourself out there you have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions you know as we were sitting here I was telling you guys like two is my first project and I already feel like I'm like oh god like I did so many things wrong in it like yeah I'm like think it's as good as people think it is and that's mm-hmm. just because I'm growing because I've put myself out there so many times that I I know I can do better I know mm. I can produce better so you really really kind of have to get out of your head mm. and in order to find out if you're good at something in order to find out if whatever you think you're doing is your calling is you have to do it it's very simple get up stop making excuses and do it there's there not go. much else Mm-hmm. Excuses are tools of incompetence. We don't, we don't like, we don't have to go down that path. You can just get up and go, mm. and, st- and don't let, don't, don't let fear stifle you. I mean, I guess it's so much easier said than done, but it feels like you put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. You have to start from somewhere. 
True. Absolutely. So we ask everybody this that comes visits us at Driven Minds Podcast. Okay. What drives you? Ooh, what drives me? Mm-hmm. I think what drives me the most is the fear of living a small life. Whew. I like that you know, one. I, I don't want to lead a normal life. I don't want to lead an ordinary life. Mm. I want to travel. I want to do crazy stuff. I want to eat crazy food. I want to meet wild people and have those experiences that are like, man, that was crazy. Thank God we made it home. You know, like, I really, really want to have an extraordinary life. Um, and and that's, that's what drives me. What drives me is the thought of not having. So I, I gotta, love that. I gotta chase it. We'll see, we'll see what happens. You I know? love that, indeed. And we'll be um, we'll be paying attention. We'll be supporting. You'll probably see. I us. appreciate you guys so much. You guys are really doing something amazing here, and it's important for this in the culture. This this is you guys contributing to the culture, whatever that culture is. You know, because there's so many. But that's in terms of black culture, mm-hmm. this is how you contribute. Fine. Absolutely, yo, and um. So thank you guys. Any way we can support you as well too, and it's on wax, so you know it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, real quick before we uh, bounce, uh, tell us where we can find you uh, in your yeah, work. Yeah, on the internet. I'm on the internet. Um, my website is themacole.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at underscore it's McCole, Twitter underscore it's McCole. Um, that's most of my stuff. Vimeo too, Tannis, Spencer. Sliding MDMs, y'all. Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do. Just Already. Kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man, it's love. Uh, yeah, so like we always say this time, stay driven, y'all. Stay hey. driven.